Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Brian Post podcast. And for those of you that have been following along, you know that we have been going through the the book of 1 Corinthians and we're going to be taking a look at chapter uh, uh, 5 and verses uh, 3 to 5. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in with our text here. It, Paul says, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that a spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord, Jesus. In our previous um, episode, we discussed what it meant for Paul to be absent in the body, but present in spirit. We explained that even though Paul wasn't physically with the Corinthian church, he knew about the sexual immorality that was happening there, and he agreed with their judgment as if he was present and ready to decide based on his information received. The sin was an inappropriate relationship with between a son and his father's wife, which Paul considered an abomination beyond even what the, 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 the Gentiles or the pagans would do. So now let's explore what Paul means when he talks about gathering along with his spirit and the, and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan. This may sound like an unchristian thing to say or even do, but we must understand the purpose and the intended result. Simply put, Paul suggested that they would remove this individual from the church community and let them be influenced by the world, symbolically referred to as, in this case, Satan. The purpose of this action is to allow the person to experience the consequence of their sinful behavior, leading to a realization of the seriousness of their actions. The goal is to bring about repentance and to save their spirit in the day of the Lord. Now, some people in the past misinterpreted this passage, taking it literally and committing harmful acts in the name of purification. This interpretation uh, goes against the New Testament teachings and is unacceptable. A more reasonable interpretation aligns with the New Testament's overall message focusing on discipline and the restoration rather than harm and punishment. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul uses the word flesh in various contexts and with different meanings. So here are some of the ways Paul uses the term flesh. First, it refers to the physical body of a human being. Paul uses it to compare uh, the material aspect of people with um, the spiritual or inner nature. For instance, um, in Romans 8.3, Paul says, for the, what the law was, power, the law was power, powerless to save us because the flesh weakened it, but what, what God, but God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son um, in the in the body in a body like the bodies we sinners have, and in that body, God declared an end 
practicing control over us. So here, the word, uh, the word flesh means the physical body, <clears throat> which is which is prone to actually sin. <clears throat> so, um, secondly, Paul uses the the word flesh to describe humanity's sinful tendencies or fallen nature. It points to the human inclination to sin and rebel against God's commands. So in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, Paul lists the works of the flesh. And he says behaviors like sexual immorality, uh, in, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, uh, idolatry, anger, drunkenness, envy. Um, he warns that those that do and practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But how does Paul use the word flesh in this passage? So we're going to try to understand it. When Paul says deliver such a one to Satan, he means to remove the unrepentant person from the church's protection and fellowship, the key being unrepentant person. It's a way of saying the church should excommunicate or disassociate from the person involved in serious sin. By being outside the community, they would be in the world, which is symbolically referred to as under the domain of Satan. So the phrase for the, de the destruction of the flesh is not entirely clear, but it likely means that the person will face the consequences of their sinful behaviors, such as the hardships and difficulties found out in the world. It does not advocate physical harm, but its aim is to make a person realize the gravity of their sin and the need for repentance. This approach is not about punishment, but about loving correction. The purpose is to bring about genuine repentance and spiritual restoration for the individual's well-being. We're reminded of the parable of the prodigal son found in Luke 15, 11 to 32. While the, well, in the parable, the father does not remove the son from the family. We can see how the story relates to the concept of delivering one to, to Satan for the destruction of the flesh in the sense of understanding the compassionate and restorative nature of discipline. So in the parable, the young son asks for his inheritance in advance goes to a distant country and squanders all his wealth and reckless living. So in this case, the son willingly leaves the safety of his home. In our years of service to the church, we have seen this too, where individuals choose to leave the fellowship um, to pursue their flesh. However, when a severe famine strikes, the son finds himself in a desperate situation, working and um, working and longing to eat the food given to the pigs. So he's, you know, he's looking at the, the pig food thinking it's looking pretty good. Realizing his mistake, he returns to his father's house hoping to be treated as a hired servant rather than a son. He feels unworthy of his, of his father's love, which is, which is an indication that he is actually, um, rep uh, you know, repentant. So my wife and I have realized that living in the kingdom and abiding by its principles and precepts is kind of like living in a peaceful city. It's a city where God provides everything necessary for a meaningful life, godly living. And within the city, we find safety, comfort, joy, love, and a hope for the future. On the other hand, another city exists, the opposite of the first. This city's engulfed in darkness where selfishness reigns. People are given by their passionate desires and impulses, given to rather, uh, given up to their passions and the desires and impulses as Paul describes in all kinds of sinful behavior, all kinds of uh, sinful behaviors flourish in this city. 
So when people leave the dark city and join the first city described, they fall in love with it. However, sometimes not long after entering, the old city's desires and passions creep back into that person. The problem is that the first city cannot accommodate such things. They completely oppose its essence. Yet some individuals want to persist in pursuing the passions they had in the old city while also enjoying the blessings and the peace, the fellowship and love and acceptance in the new city. So in this scenario, Paul suggests that we let them return to the old city and allow them to experience it again. If a person wants to persist in lying, let them return to the city where it's practice, where they can lie and they can be lied to, where they can cheat and be cheated, where they can steal and be stolen from, where they can be foolish and drunken, and where they can experience the effects and effects of other drunken people. And perhaps they will remember the city of light. Perhaps they will remember what they left behind. And perhaps they will come to their senses as the prodigal son did and return in repentance. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home. Thank you.